everyone, Terry Welbrock here, host of the Healing Place podcast. So I have a big favor to ask before we dive into today into today's inspirational, wow, very enlightening uh, conversation. So the Healing Place podcast is a contender in the 18th annual People's Choice Podcast Awards. Yay! And if you go to podcastawards.com, so P-O-D-C-A-S-T-A-W-A-R-D-S dot C-O-M, you can find the Healing Place podcast under the health category. Uh, That was the best choice for mental health. And the people's choice category. So those are the two areas where you can nominate If you love this show, please, please, please take just a few minutes to go vote for the Healing Place podcast in the 18th annual People's Choice Podcast Awards. All right. Now for today's beautiful, wonderful episode. Thank you. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and I'm very happy to have with me today Heather Ivany, and she is spiritual mentor, which I love. I love the sound of that. Holistic practitioner teaching yoga, meditation, and Akashic reading. And I I looked up how to say Akashic because I read it in my head a certain way. And then I was like, oh, wait, I'm going to say this out loud. So I don't know if that's the right way to say it. And, and it was. So there you go. So welcome, Heather. Thanks so much for having me, Terry. I'm excited to be here with you today. Oh, me too. I, I told you before we hit record, I'm excited to learn about the beautiful work that you're doing. I know I stalked uh, all the information I got on you and um, talk to us about what is a spiritual mentor? Because again, when you said that to me just a few minutes ago, I thought I need that <laughs> in my life. Mm, great question. Uh, so I'll just be transparent. I think that if anyone's doing their vocation in its in its light and its in its sunshine counselor coach mentor psychologist um all of these in their strength is they're all interdependent and intertwined so i like the form of mentorship to me it's a soft terminology it's it's inviting and it's not so much that we're going into training together but we're more um, looking how to unearth the parts of you that want to be brought to the surface more fully. So when I work with someone in this capacity, most people come in because they are either aware of what their purpose is, but they're wanting some support with aligning it and helping it expand, or they're not sure at all what their purpose is and they're wanting some support with identifying it and bringing it into um, a part of their everyday in a, in a sense. So that's primarily how I work with people. And then when we're in a one-on-one container, the program becomes very personalized. So I might be suggesting meditation or yoga or teaching people how to read the Akashic records. When we're in a group container, then I have different programs, ones specifically designed to get you from the periphery to the midline so that this is a place that's not just where you're resonating, but also that feels comfortable and home-like. And then the other training that I have is called Sovereign Leadership. And that one's more designed for light workers and energy healers and people that are in their vocation, 
but they can't figure out how to make the financial income that they need to so that they cannot be living month to month. So that's more of like taking your, your mastery of energetic connection and using it to help bring in financial abundance. And, uh, and then the third container is the Akashic training. So teaching people how to read the Akashic records. Well, one, I want to learn more about Akashic records because I truly, really don't know anything about it. But two, Mm -hmm. sign me up for number two, because (laughs) it's so like, that's the thing with this podcast. People will say, oh, Terry, you're you're in the top 2% globally with your show and you're you're in 125 countries. Are you monetizing it? And I'm like, no, (laughs) no, I don't have advertisers. I don't, I'm not monetizing it because there's the, the light worker in me, that part of me, the helper in me, and I also say it's Catholic guilt because I grew up in a very, very, my dad was a Jesuit brother for eight years. So that a lot of that Catholicism, like, oh, money is greedy and all oh, those kind of messages. And so I'm like, oh, monetizing it. Oh, it just sounds like, like, oh, now I'm supposed to be doing this as like a gift to the world kind of thing. So yeah, and, and I'm learning, albeit very slowly. So I love it that you're guiding people along that, along that path, because really, why shouldn't we be able to support ourselves as we help others along their, their healing journey? Well, and I mean, there's some great points that you're bringing up here, Terry. First of all, um, you know, when we look at the, the work that we do as light workers, it is a service. And back in the day, you would exchange that service for other services, right? So even in present day, you'll see the monks standing outside of of temples waiting for their bowls to be filled. And they are very well taken care of. Someone is putting a roof over their head. Someone is feeding them every day so that they can stay in their light of meditating and praying and offering vibrational frequency out to support the world, which is beautiful. And take that experience and bring it into North America Someone's got to pay for the heating bill. Someone's got to pay for the groceries. Someone's got to figure out how you're going to eat. And so asking for the finances to be able to support you is not only necessary, it's it's almost non-negotiable. And what I've noticed in cleaning up my own personal money story is how much real estate I used to have in the scarcity of of my day of trying to figure out how to pay for things and make things happen. And when I cleaned up this conversation within myself, I'm enjoying how much real estate I get to spend in. I wonder who's coming in next. I wonder how I can support the person that I'm going to be hanging out with today. I wonder if there's something that I need to do personally so that when I meet that person, I'm in a vibration that's inspiring and attractive and makes them want to magnetize and be a part of it rather than, you know, mulling over my coffee on how I'm going to buy groceries later on that day. And do I buy the expensive yogurt or the cheap yogurt? Yeah. Powerful. And what a, what a great way to look at it. You saw my face like beaming and smiling and resonating with everything that you were saying. Yes. I, and I had something pop in and then it popped back out. So I'm, so on that note, we'll go to Akashic records. What, what is that? What is it? Yeah. So Akasha is a Sanskrit word. So Sanskrit is, is like an ancient language or dialect that's used in yoga, but it's, 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 it's no longer used. Like it's so old that nobody speaks it anymore. Right. Sanskrit. <clears throat> so 
Akasha means spirit or space. And if you want to transfer this into the listeners that are more science-based, then Akasha would be equivalent to the quantum field. Quantum physics is the study of everything. Space is essentially the study of everything. So those two words can kind of go hand in hand. And then for someone who just is familiar with spirituality, but not necessarily the word Akasha, think of it like consciousness. Consciousness is this overarching umbrella that covers everything, but then you have an individual consciousness and your friend has an individual consciousness and the animals and the plants, everything has their own individual form of consciousness. And in the Akasha, this is called your Akashic record. And so your Akashic record, think of it like a, an etheric book. So Akasha would be the library and then your Akashic record would be an, an etheric book inside of that library. And when you open this book up, it contains the whole timeline of your soul. So if you're open to um, being exposed to past lives, all the information on past lives is in there, everything in this present life, and then even future possibilities that are available to you moving forward. So this is essentially what the Akashic records are. So if I'm reading someone's Akashic records, I tap into everyone has clear abilities, whether we're aware of them or not, we all have them. We assume that clairvoyant is the one and only clear ability. And if you aren't clairvoyant, then you weren't given that beautiful gift in life and you're going to go on and become an accountant or something like that, right? So clear abilities are the whole spectrum of your senses. So if someone is clairsentient, that means they feel things. They're empathetic. They walk into a room and they feel good vibes or bad vibes. They take on other people's emotions when they're hanging out with them. This is someone who's clairsentient. Clairvoyant is obviously someone who can see things, whether it's auric colors. They might have really strong dream space. They might see glimpses of things that haven't happened yet. But also on a physical level, when they walk into a room, someone who's clairvoyant takes in a lot of detail a lot, a lot of detail. And they make, um, they're making their, their intuitive choices based on what they're seeing. And the person next to them might not see half the stuff of what they're seeing because they're not clairvoyant. And then we have clairaudio, which is hearing, there's smell, there's taste, and there's claircognizance, which we call intuitive hits or downloads when you're doing the dishes and all of a sudden you get this wonderful, amazing idea, or you need to reach out to so-and-so, that's claircognizance. So the Akashic records, when I'm reading someone's records, I'm using my clair abilities, which are strongest. So for me, it's clairsentience and claircognizance. And when I'm posing questions into their records, the answers come to me through those ways. I'll either get an instant knowing or I'll get a felt sensation that I can interpret for the answer that that is coming through. Wow. I, I I'm always just so fascinated. I'm I'm growing in my in my connection to all of it in my um, mm. the gifts that I've I know have been stifled <laughs> and I'm allowing to blossom um, in in connecting with like one of the things that happened recently was um, I'm very in tune with nature suddenly and uh, I had stepped onto my front porch and said. I have not seen any hummingbirds yet this year. And two went 
right in front of my face and just hovered there. And I was like, well, hi guys, how are you? <laughs> it was just so like, as soon as the thought popped in my head, boom, there they were. And so I was like, okay, I'm starting to pay attention to these things now. So, and, but I love, oh my gosh, I just so am fascinated by it and uh, love the idea. I've had quite a few podcast guests come on and talk to me, um, obviously being raised Catholic, I was never exposed to the idea of past lives. Um, and then through the show, I, I've found out more and discovered more about it. But I have some lingering trauma remnants that I just haven't been able to tap into through EMDR. And um, more than one guest that's come on the show has said, Terry, those particular um, issues like fear of bridges, fear of driving on highways, fear of open spaces aren't related to this life. You've done all the processing for the traumas in this life. That's that's past life related. And so being willing, I haven't quite taken that step of being willing to go back into that. Do you find that sometimes people are a little scared to go into what might be lingering in some past lives? Yeah, for sure. There, there can be hesitancy there for sure. But um Personally, when I work with someone in the records, so there some people work in the records in specifically past life regressions, where if you book a session with them, they're going to take you into your past lives and do different things with you. I work with the now, I work with the present moment and what people are here to do right now. So if we go into a past life, it's to either clear something that is inhibiting them from the present moment or to get a wisdom piece to carry forward from that past life into this present moment. So for example, if we're going back to the conversation on wealth, show me a past lifetime where Terry has been wealthy, where Terry has experienced abundance and financial success. And then we go into it and then I say, okay, what are the wisdom pieces? Because this is actually in your cellular matrix. So what can we pull forward from that past life into present moment? to expose and open up that part of your cellular matrix so that you can actually start using it as a resource, right? Wow. And then in, form, in, in the conversation of like fear and trauma, absolutely. So if someone's identifying that, like this isn't related to your present life, this is something from a past life. So we can go in and we can say, please identify any contracts, deals, agreements, belief systems that Terry might have that is not serving her highest and greatest good and preventing her from being able to cross a bridge in all timelines, dimensions, and realities. And then how I experienced that is it's almost like, um, like files coming in or almost like a thickening that comes in as they're all being accumulated and brought in. And then when it goes quiet, I ask, is it complete? Have they all been identified? Yes. And then I have a mantra that I use to release it. So on an energetic level, it's cut, it's done. And the point that needs to be brought forward is thank you for releasing these, these binds that are tying her. We also clear tethers if there's any tethers connected to these contracts. And then what are the action steps that Terry needs to do in present moment so that she doesn't rebind with this contract or that she doesn't, so that she can feel herself released from this in an actual physical form and not just like, oh, well, it's cut energetically. So I guess everything's okay now, right? So it might be that um, the next time you cross over a bridge, Terry, you might feel 50% of the fear that you felt, not 100% of the fear. 
you might notice that you casually walk across a bridge and it's only in hindsight where you're like, how the heck did I just do that? I didn't, I didn't, I, I'm scared of these things. I didn't even notice that we walked across a bridge. How did that happen? And then you're giving gratitude um, to your dimensional realm, however you refer to it in, in, in gratitude for supporting you and making it able for you to do that. It might be that you need to tell people the next time that you're, that we go out together, we are finding a bridge and we are crossing it together. Like little things like this would be the action steps that need to be sort of cemented in the physical form so that the the work that you do in the energetic realm stays the way you want it to. Wow. And I love, I love working on it in the now. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's the really cool part. I, I know a lot of the work I do is focusing, like being here in the present, in the now, not the past, not the future. Um, and I did do a little bit of, of a little tiny bit of um, past life regression work. And I did find that one time, like a couple of times I'd driven over a bridge and then looked in the mirror and went, oh, oh my gosh, it's in the rear view mirror. I like I went over yeah. and I still yeah. I still have some things that I need to work through, but I love by the idea of working in and in now. So that's amazing. Very cool. Yeah. So now, when you work with folks, do you do do you do group sessions, individual sessions? Do you work one on one with people in person or can you do this via Zoom? So I. All, all of the above to answer your question. <laughs> I threw a lot out um, <laughs> Yeah, I live in a very small town. And, and and so, I mean, I'm limited with like how to meet with people in person. But if someone wants to come in person, they can come to my office. Um, I would say 95% of the work I do is over Zoom. So the, the advantage of that is that it's recorded and then people can listen to it afterwards. I just let them know that um, if you're listening to it six months from now and making a decision based on it, it might be worthwhile to check in and see if it's still relevant, right? Because we are working with the now and the now is always changing. Right. Um, and so, yes, yeah, someone can book an individual Akashic session. But what I have on my website is I have four different affiliates that I work with. So when you go, you can, you can book with me, but then I have someone who works with astrology and Akashic records combined. So she's going to combine those two modalities when you book with her. Someone else works with human design and the Akashic records and someone else is a counselor. So she actually counsels people in therapy through the Akashic records, right? There's so many different ways that you can play with it. And then if someone wants like the group experience, I also offer a training to teach people how to read the Akashic records. Um, one of my bigger missions is just to disquell the, the belief system that we have to outsource our own power. And we live in a paradigm where all of the resources with the energetic realm are available to us if we want to work with them. So uh, I don't want to impress on people when I'm doing a session that this is some God-given gift that I have and you don't, and therefore you have to outsource yourself to me to get answers to these questions. I just don't want people to, to exist like this anymore. Uh, it, it definitely was necessary like centuries ago when our primary focus was on food and shelter and staying protected, we needed a leader in the tribe to be our spiritual wisdom keeper because there wasn't enough hours in the day to do all the things. But now we live in a paradigm where most of our uh, basic needs of life are relatively taken care of. We do have the ability to access time and space to, to get connected. And if we want to learn how to do this ourselves, we can. And for most people, it's just identifying 
how do you connect? Which clarability is strongest? And then I coach them or mentor them from there. Wow. And then I know meditation for me is incredibly powerful. I've had some amazing, amazing experiences. Uh, well, in so many, in healing in so many ways. Um, and so when you, in teaching meditation, do the same thing, like helping people to be able to access that if, if that's what they want. Yeah. So if someone, how I work more with meditation is in a, it's in a three month container, it's called unlocking you. So it's for someone who's really trying to work from moving away from the distraction of the periphery and being able to be in their center and be comfortable. So meditation is a component that I teach in that container, but I also teach people about yoga nidra because not everyone, um, yoga nidra sometimes is a, is, a, is a more accessible outlet for people to be able to get the euphoric feeling of meditation um, because meditation is just so challenging for so many people. Right. So I, I show them different tools that they can use. If meditation is just constant, busy, 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 hmm. then yes, we can work with the clarabilities to make it more pleasurable. And yoga nidra is a platform that, um, are you familiar with yoga nidra? Is that no, I was just gonna say Kundalini yoga came across my radar. So I've been learning about that. But no, what is so what is so the practice of yoga nidra is, is, um, it's called the yoga of sleep, but think of it almost like, um, it's the awakened sleep. It's a paradox there. So you're not actually sleeping, but you, you, you would put headphones in your ears and you would listen to an audio recording. I have some on YouTube, if you want to try one out at another time and the audio practitioner, the guide that's taking you through, it's an art form and a science. So it takes you through a relaxation process that moves through the different layers of your body. So the outermost layer of your body is your physical layer. And then underneath that is the energetic layer. And then underneath that is the mind emotional layer. And then underneath that is the intuitive layer. And then underneath that is the connection to the universal oneness. So the, the way the audio works is it it's highly intelligent in that it massages the outermost layer of the body. So for example, the physical layer will be massaged by placing your attention in the right hand thumb, index finger, middle finger, and it goes through these points of the body that are, um, they're, they're very intelligently picked. It's not just randomly picking parts of the body. There's a connection to the brain that helps the brain to massage the body, to help it to relax. And then when it's kind of in this gooey, yum space, that layer opens and exposes itself kind of like a Russian doll. And then the next layer underneath is the energy layer. And so essentially you're going through the body layer by layer to get to the soul. And for someone who is really charged up during the day and meditation feels like they're just literally ruminating through their to-do list, this form or technique can be way more soft and beneficial for them to be able to experience the euphoric states that they've heard of, but haven't really been able to access. Wow. And again, I'm, I can't wait to do this tonight. I, I, I love experimenting. I love learning. And I, I just, it's so fascinating to me in guided meditations. I know for me personally, um, I find that I get 
I, I can go so much deeper when I when I do a guided meditation. If if I'm trying to do it myself, I mean I'm getting better at it, but but monkey mind, you know, I'm all, all of a sudden yeah. I'm off over here. So uh, yeah, I love that idea of the just guiding you deeper and deeper and deeper uh, into it. I do have to share, and for those who haven't listened to all 300 episodes of the show and heard me talk about this before, I had a meditation once uh, where these blue orbs appear. I, I, for me, I took them to be angels and they were summoning me to follow them. And so, and as, as we started to go through this, what seemed like this darkness. Um, and I remember thinking to myself consciously, Oh my God, am I dead? Am I going down the tunnel? Because I could see a light way far in the distance. And I was like, Oh, it's the light. Like, don't go to the light. But as I moved towards it, um, I realized as we, as we came upon it and I was told, you know, like, wait, stop here. Um, and it was a smoky veil. Like there, all I can say was just made out of smoke, but I could sense what was beyond it. And then I was given a glimpse for a millisecond that lasted an eternity, best way I can describe it, of what was beyond the veil. Um, and I, it, I still don't have words for it. It was just in, in, a love and a peace that there is no word for. Um, and it was, it was such a gift. And then I was told, okay, that's, <laughs> that's it. That's all you get. And back you go. And then I was back, but that kind of like, is that what you're talking about? Like if you could get to that soul level in connecting to just like source, like this beautiful light of love, that's really you and whatever label you want to give it. Yeah, and you're co-creating with it. I mean, I mean, one of the beautiful things about a yoga nidra is once it systematically goes through the body, at the end, there's this opportunity, if you're listening to um, a strong practitioner, they will leave a long silence at the end because they basically led you to the door and opened it. And then exactly what you said, there's no words. You can't be guided as to how to hang out in that space. So that silence at the end of the nidra is the, the playground in which you get to co-create with consciousness in your own beautiful, delightful way. And, and how this happens for most people, because I, I think this isn't talked about enough, is you kind of go and you float and you're having this mystical kind of experience, however you, you're having it. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I forgot to lock the front door. And you kind of ping back into reality and you might sort of go on the did I lock the front door did I not lock the front door and then you catch yourself you're like oh I'm away from that mystical journey that I was just on um oh well I'm gonna go back and it's like a trampoline you rebound and you spring back into the mystical field and you go and you dance and you hang out there. and then all of a sudden you're like oh I kind of have to pee oh gosh I wish I didn't have to pee right now and, and it's just this constant ping pong and I call it like a trampoline where you're coming down and you're you're coming into present moment of like the physical realm and then you're springing back into the dimensional realm and you're absolutely right it's probably a nanosecond that you're there terry but in that moment it's like you're bending time and space and it feels like a 40 minute journey but yes. the misconception that most of us have is like i clearly am not getting it because i get there and as soon as i get there i lose it and i'm like that happens to everyone but the difference between the person that that experiences more and the person that experiences less is can you catch yourself going into the story 
and bring yourself back to where you were and then rebound back into the, the playground with consciousness there. Oh, thank you for sharing that because I would be the one that once I started to go, oh, like I have, did I, did I need start thawing the chicken for dinner? (laughs) Yes. That I would then be like, okay, it's over. (laughs) Over my eyes. (laughs) Yeah. And then sometimes depending on the level of, of chaos in, in your life, like there's sometimes when, when, when my chaos is high, my ability to hold that space is low. And when I'm going through phases in life where things are relatively cruisy and good, that that ability to be in that space lengthens and it expands. And sometimes it's day to day. But the more you practice, the more you're creating a resonance of being worthy to be in that space, of feeling like you're you're capable of being in that space so that the time will even stretch even further. But it's almost like, you know, if you, if you go from a hot country to a cold country, as soon as you go, to, oh, it's too cold, and you jump back indoors. And right. then you put on the coat and you go, okay, well, I can be out here for five minutes, but then I got to go back inside. And then once you live there long enough, you're you're playing outside all day long. Like this field is one that we need to climatize with if we haven't, if, if we've been separated from it for a very long time. And that climatization happens over time. So initially, yeah, you might only be able to hold that space for a nanosecond. And then gradually it starts to increase like anything else. You get more comfortable with it. So it's easier to hang out in that space. Oh, I, I love that analogy of of the weather. And yes, I, I know I laugh. My mom passed away last month on my birthday. And um I traveled back to Ohio. Well, here we've lived down in South Carolina for a while. And well, I grew up in Ohio in crazy Ohio weather, but it was snowing when I was there. I thought I might die. I was so cold, like my whole body, because I'd gotten used to this. So I love that idea. I mean, it, it makes so much sense. Um, so anyway, I could sit here and talk to you for probably hours. It's just been such a beautiful, enlightening conversation. But I, I wanted to give you an opportunity to discuss anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't had a chance to yet. Um, no, I mean, I feel like do you, if you have any other questions about anything that I do, Akashic Records, meditation, Yoga Nidra, if there's any outlying questions that you have there, feel free. But uh, yeah, yeah no, I think we've, we've really gone down a beautiful, wonderful road. I love the way it's weaved its way. Yeah. Um, I've, I know I've certainly learned a lot. Thank you so much. And, yeah, yeah. So how do how do folks connect with you? So um, the easiest way to find out more about me, kind of with no strings attached, just go to my website, which is my name, heatherivany.com. Do you want me to spell it out? Or Yes. Okay, so it's H-E-A-T-H-E-R-I-V, as in Victor, A-N-Y dot C-O-M. And on my homepage there, there's a button that says join the spiritual reset. And this is a lovely seven day journey that people can go on where they'll just learn some practical tools each day on how to move from the periphery to the midline. And in there, you'll get a free yoga nidra and a free meditation, and you'll get to experience more of me without anything um, being, you know, sold to you afterwards. Um, all my information of what I do is also on my website. And then the one, um, social media handle that I play with a little bit is Instagram. So that's just my name, Heather underscore Ivany. 
And I go on there live once a month and just offer a free meditation there um, outside of the posts and stuff that I do during the week. Well, I just, again, I think the work you're doing is beautiful and empowering and enlightening. And I know for me, I can speak that meditation has brought such beautiful healing to my world. Um, And yeah, it's just a gift that you offer folks. So thank you. Thank you for the work you're doing. Yeah, you're welcome. You know what I loved about, I know we're trying to close, but what I loved about your share on the experience that, that you had in where you saw the blue light and you're moving towards it. This is an example of clairvoyant. So if we were to go into your records, you would you would have a clairvoyant strength. And what's important to your listeners to understand is is when someone says, Oh, I I I would never have something like that because I don't see anything. I don't even dream. Your experience, someone else's experience in meditation, I have very little um visuals when I'm when I'm doing anything that I'm doing I have a little bit but not much but what I get is like this this sentient feeling in my body so when my meditation is is amplifying or I feel like I'm you know up leveling whatever words you want to use my skin starts to get fuzzy it's hard for me to tell the line where my skin ends and the air begins I get a tingly sensation sometimes I'll get a rush of energy but I'm not seeing anything but I'm I'm able to interpret these feelings and sensations as this is how I'm connecting to consciousness. So if someone's wanting to grow their meditation practice, if you're clairvoyant, then you want to be listening to meditations that are going to take you on a visual experience. But if you're not clairvoyant, and let's say you're more clairsentient where you feel things, a meditation that takes you maybe into the heart and asks you to feel the presence of your heart and the sensations in your heart, that's going to be more of a of a gatekeeper to take you into the technique that takes you into the the ability to access um, the conscious field. And so what oftentimes happens is practitioners get so hung up on, I can't meditate, but it's usually the technique of meditation that they're using and not meditation itself. So if you're clairvoyant, use a visual. If you're clairsentient, use heart-based. If you're claircognizant, which is the downloads, you're going to love the inner questions, the who am I? What is my purpose? These types of meditations that are self-inquiry are going to be amazing for you. But if that's not your jam, you're going to be like, oh my God, all I'm doing is I'm just in my head the whole time trying to think of my answers. I have never heard this before. This is so cool. Oh my gosh. I I you're going, my head's like poo. And as you spoke. And earlier, I think one of the things that I wanted to say was so when I did EMDR and I would do healing work, um, I want to say as powerful truths came to light as I did healing, going back into traumas from my childhood, my head would start to tingle. That was one of the things that I would notice on the right side. And so as you were speaking earlier, I don't know if you noticed, like I grabbed my head a couple of times, my head was just like that same sensation, very powerful, tingly, like in my brain, but radiating out almost like there's like energy coming out of my head. And so as you're saying that, I, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, is that what that is? Like, I'm so connecting with your truths and what you're speaking. And it's just like, just, I can feel it. So awesome. that, so yes, it's the truth. Like, it can be like, this is how I know that I'm like, that I'm totally plugged into the person that's across from me. And I invite you, Terry, to take this out of this conversation. The next time you're meditating and you feel that tingling come on, inquire about it. 
spirit team, what does this mean when you when you tingle my head? What are you doing to me? Am, am I am I understanding correctly that this is just showing me connection, or is there something else here that you want to show me? And then just notice the way that it comes in. So start with yes or no questions. Are you wanting me to get more out of this when you tingle? And if the tingling goes and it gets, oh, that's a yes. Okay. So am I reading this 50%? No. 60%? Yes. Okay. So I'm 60% online with what the tingling means. So there's another 40% that I can still explore. Yes. Okay, great. And you just start to tunnel in with yes or no questions. And this is a big component of what I do with the Akashic training is I'm showing people how to not just blindly be like, oh, I got this thing. I have no idea what it means, but that's how I know I'm connected. And you can just tunnel in a little bit more and and get more details on it. You don't have to be, um, you don't have to stop with the excitement of having the connection. The connection is just the the entrance point. And there it's like, okay, well, how far do we want to dance together? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm giving you big giant hugs because I love all of this so much. <laughs> You're just so, so connecting with me. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, again, just thanks for being here and the wonderful work you do in, in enlightening me and hopefully everyone who's tuning in. I love it. Thanks for having me, Terry. And I appreciate your time and energy. Awesome. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today and remind you to visit my website as well, terrywellbrock.com. You can sign up for my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter, which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows. Thanks for, again, being here and being a part of this healing space. I very much appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye.